Welcome to Coffee and Confessions. I'm Matt Robertson, and I'm sharing people's coffee confessions. The anonymous sarcastic missionary shared his coffee. But since he is an actual missionary, and uh, giving the name of the coffee could endanger his mission, I'm just going to call it classified coffee. Thank you, sarcastic missionary, for submitting your coffee confession. Today we'll be continuing the Westminster Confession of Faith. Let's get right into it. Chapter 24 of Marriage and Divorce. Paragraph 1. Marriage is to be between one man and one woman. Neither is it lawful for any man to have more than one wife, nor for any woman to have more than one husband at the same time. Paragraph 2. Marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife, for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue, and of the church with a holy seed, and for preventing of uncleanness. Paragraph 3. It is lawful for all sorts of people to marry who are able with judgment to give their consent. Yet it is the duty of Christians to marry only in the Lord. And therefore such as confess the true reformed religion should not marry with infidels, papists, or other idolaters. Neither should such as are godly be unequally yoked by marrying with such as are notoriously wicked in their life or maintain damnable heresies. Paragraph 4. Marriage ought not to be within the degrees of consanguinity or affinity forbidden in the word, nor can such incestuous marriages ever be made lawful by any law of man or consent of parties, so as those persons may live together as man and wife. The man may not marry any of his wife's kindred nearer in blood than he may of his own, nor the woman of her husband's kindred nearer in blood than of her own. Paragraph 5. Adultery or fornication committed after a contract, being detected before marriage, giveth just occasion to the innocent party to dissolve that contract. In the case of adultery after marriage, it is lawful for the innocent party to sue out a divorce, and after the divorce, to marry another, as if the offending party were dead. Paragraph 6. Although the corruption of man be such as is apt to study arguments, unduly to put asunder those whom God hath joined together in marriage, yet nothing but adultery, or such willful desertion as can no way be remedied by the church or civil magistrate, is cause sufficient of dissolving the bond of marriage, wherein a public and orderly course of proceeding is to be observed, and the persons concerned in it not left to their own wills and discretion in their own case. Chapter 25 of the Church Paragraph 1 the Catholic or universal church, which is invisible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, or shall be gathered into one, under Christ the head thereof, and is the spouse, the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Paragraph 2. The visible church, which is also Catholic or universal under the gospel, not confined to one nation, as before under the law, consists of all those throughout the world that profess the true religion, together with their children, and is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the house and family of God, out of which there is no ordinary possibility of salvation. Paragraph 3. Unto this Catholic visible church Christ hath given the ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God, for the gathering and perfecting of the saints in this life, to the end of the world, and doth by his own presence and spirit, according to his promise, make them effectual thereunto. Paragraph 4. This Catholic Church 
hath been sometimes more, sometimes less, visible. And particular churches, which are members thereof, are more or less pure, according as the doctrine of the gospel is taught and embraced, ordinances administered, and public worship performed more or less purely in them. Paragraph 5. The purest churches under heaven are subject both to mixture and error, and some have so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ, but synagogues of Satan. Nevertheless, there shall be always a church on earth to worship God according to his will. Paragraph 6. There is no other head of the church but the Lord Jesus Christ. Nor can the Pope of Rome in any sense be head thereof, but is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition, that exalteth himself in the church against Christ and all that is called God. Chapter 26. Of Communion of Saints. Paragraph 1. All saints that are united to Jesus Christ, their head by his Spirit, and by faith, have fellowship with him in his graces, sufferings, death, resurrection, and glory, and being united to one another in love, they have communion in each other's gifts and graces, and are obliged to the performance of such duties, public and private, as do conduce to their mutual good, both in the inward and outward man. Paragraph 2. Saints, by profession, are bound to maintain a holy fellowship and communion in the worship of God, and in performing such other spiritual services as tend to their mutual edification, as also in relieving each other in outward things, according to their several abilities and necessities, which communion, as God offereth opportunity, is to be extended unto all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Paragraph 3. This communion which the saints have with Christ doth not make them in any wise partakers of the substance of his Godhead, or to be equal with Christ in any respect, either of which to affirm is impious and blasphemous, nor doth their communion one with another, as saints, take away or infringe the title or property which each man hath in his goods and possessions. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Confessions. I hope this reading of the Westminster Confession of Faith was edifying for you. If it was, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. I always welcome questions, comments, and criticisms, and you can reach me on Twitter at Audio Confession. Have a great day, brothers and sisters, and join me next time as we go through the great confessions of the faith.